The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, April 19th, Monday, April 18th. If you're watching on the YouTubes, where we are live, youtube.com slash pick six, make sure and check it out. We will be uh, we're doing a bunch of bunch of live content around the draft. I what? Right? Weird. Um, so... Subscribe, hit the alert button. You'll get notified when we go live. It'll be a it'll be a good time. Wilson's going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is really as close to Vegas as you could possibly get at this point. Where um, will it be hotter? Let's play that game. I mean, I'd much rather be in Vegas than Fort Lauderdale. No, no, no. Where will it be hotter temperature-wise? That's all I'm asking. On uh, the beginning of May, I would say. Oh, um, Don't look. I'll look. Uh, I'll say I'm not looking. I was I was reading Debo's message to me. Um, <laughs> oh wow, you got fired? <laughs> yeah, I got, that's right. Okay, well, I, I guess I won't be in Fort Lauderdale. Um, <laughs> the, um, I'll say Las Vegas in May. I feel like, and eh, no, maybe Fort Lauderdale because you're getting basically towards summer season in Fort Lauderdale. In Vegas, I feel like maybe I, mean, I, I don't know. What, what do you tell me? So today, as we're doing this on, on Monday the 18th, pay your taxes. It's 92 as a high today in Vegas, 84, but it's going to rain today in Fort Lauderdale. A week out, 81 in Fort Lauderdale, 86. Vegas is a dry heat, though. Like, it's I can live heat. with a dry heat all day long. Yeah. Just can't handle the... I lived in Tucson, Arizona for two years. I used to tell people, listen, if it's 105, it's dry. I get it. Put your hand on the stove. That's a dry heat, too. It yeah, ain't a lot of fun. That's true. Um, I will say this, though. Like, 85 in the... Like, like 85 or, like, 88 to 90 in the summer down in eastern North Carolina... No, brutal, buddy. I mean, that's like it's like lying in a New Orleans swamp. That's you're right. Just, you're you're just drenched sweat, and that's why God invented Asheville, North Carolina, in the summertime. That's, that's right, baby. All right. If you, oh, by the way, if you want a question answered on a future mailbag, there's only, I guess, fifty two left. <laughs> no, 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 but one before the draft. So oh, right. Absolutely, question. Go ahead and get it in. I'll leave a five star review on the Apple on Apple on Apple Podcast, and we will answer that question. Um draft prop season is white hot right now uh, there are white hot. There are, white hot there are rumors flying 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 i heard a crazy well i don't even like to share it why not well because it's it, it's just, i think it's just not real but it was like well i want to hear it right, i'll say this the crazier the better there was an a, a crazy rumor on sunday night easter evening by the way uh mel grunwald in the chat says happy easter happy easter to you mel love easter um, time of re- time of renewal, Ryan. Yeah, my wife was telling that story to the kids. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I was like, Easter egg times. Wait, you new. didn't realize that uh, spring in general, like even before Easter was a thing, like the pagan holiday, like they used to celebrate uh, spring being a time of renewal because everything's coming back from the winter as well. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about, if you know about this guy, um, kind of popular in some circles, uh, uh, goes by the name of Jesus. He also wait came, who? He also came back. I know. I said prior to the religion, the religious holidays of Easter. I got it. 
Um, anyway, uh, okay, the rumor I heard. Jesus Shuttlesworth is the bomb, too, by the way. Yes, indeed. Don't Go F on. with a Hazos, man. Go ahead. Um, the rumor I heard involved a top, I'll say top 20 draft pick and potential uh, car, uh, a car situation. Oh, so this isn't uh, Team A is going to take Player X. No, this is, it was like, it this was is like, Player Y did something Something might have happened with Player X. Oh, okay. I'm not going to name, but like, I mean, if that had been the case. Did something illegal with a car? I, I, there was no specifics to it. Just did something with a car? Did donuts in the mall parking lot? I, I don't know. Worry bong mask? A, a very, we're talking like deep, like seated internet rumor. Anyway. Yeah, you're, you're doing like. Um, I'm just saying that's how, that's the type of year. That's the type of time, time of year it is. You can ease into that one. You just jump right in with both feet on the conspiracy theories, huh? Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about over-unders, mock draft positions, and preeps. We'll start with my guy, Iki Aquanu. What are preeps? Props. Oh, <laughs> I was like, golly, this is another thing I don't know about. All right, let's go with Icky. <laughs> uh, over under for Icky Aquanu is three and a half. The over is minus 130. The under, even money. Obviously, for this to hit, for the under to hit, Icky would need to be drafted in the first three picks by either the Jaguars, the Lions, or the Texans. Conventional wisdom. You know what? Let's go ahead and lob in. Um, should we? Should we just let's let's loop in Evan Neal here too as well. What's um, his number? His number is four and a half. And a half. The over is minus one forty. What? And we always say these are reactionary markets, right? Even at this but, point, they're not getting any inside information. No, they are operating based on what people are saying. Here's the thing, and the, speaking of conspiracy theories, if you're Dan Snyder and so far down the road of probably getting in trouble and maybe losing your team. You should be leaking information to the books and then making those bets and making one last run at it before you get run out of town. <laughs> That's right. It's like dance, it's, Washington and Dan Snyder could do anything, but you just mess with the 31 other or, or 30 other billionaires' money. And that's, that's right. That's you don't want to do all that. allegedly, by the way. I don't know what Dan Snyder may or may not have done. Um, what these two numbers are telling us, and obviously, again, with Neil, the under means he's drafting the first four picks. What these two numbers are telling us is that there is an increased belief around NFL draft media and around the teams that has you know, been pushed out into the media that the there are going to be three edge rushers or two edge rushers and a cornerback or two edge rushers and a quarterback taken in the first three picks. So I'll ask you, Wilson, what do you think about Icky over under three and a half and Evan Neal over under four and a half? We'll start with Icky. Three and a half is a great number. And I say that because I've had him going first overall to the Jaguars and recent mock drafts. I don't think he goes there, but I think he makes the most sense in terms of helping the Jaguars immediately. So then is he going to No, Cause they're probably taking an edge rusher of some sort. Um, even if Aiden Hutchinson goes first, maybe Trevon Walker goes second, maybe even the, the, the general consensus from is that if the Jaguars go with Trayvon Walker, first overall, that the lions will sprint to the podium to get the card in for Aiden Hutchinson at number two. Yeah, so if Aiden goes first, then it gets a little tricky because you could take an offensive line, but I wouldn't. I don't think the Lions will do that. But I mention all this because um, on Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday morning, you can watch on HQ at 4 p.m. Me, Pete Briscoe, and Chris Prasso will each be doing making picks for the first round, and Icky lasted until pick number four to the Jets. Um, and that feels like I don't want to say the lowest he can go, but three and a half is a good number, and I I don't know which side of it I'm on because he may not go one 
Probably not. Not going two. That means he would have to go three. Lovey Smith's in there at three. They have a ton of needs. They do need offensive line help. But if they think the Texans are a guard, I mean, they think Aquino is a guard, they probably take Evan Neal. So do you want to take a, my point is, do you want to take a guard at third at number three? You don't. Yeah. See, I, if I'm betting on these two, I am taking the, if I'm, if I'm looking at these two, I'm taking the under on Evan Neal, I think, because I think so too. He feels, Prisco keeps saying that he thinks the Jags, if they, that the Jags are still in play for Neal at first overall. Pizza, so I don't well, know. And, and I think Pete just likes Neil better, but I don't think it's he I don't does. think it's out of the question that they say they should take an offensive tackle, I think. Right. I mean, we keep everybody thinks they should take an offensive tackle. And again, with Neil, the two landing spots in that in that top three with the Texans and um and really you could you know, actually, you know what? The three landing spots in the top four where you can win with Neil on the under, you have the Jaguars, who have Cam Robinson, you have the Texans, who have Laramie Tunsil. And you have the Jets who have Makai Becton. All three of those teams would like those left tackles to work out. Well, you can play Evan Neal at right tackle. And you can argue you shouldn't take a right tackle with the first. Third, no, no. Or fourth no or I don't think people argue that anymore. Uh, exactly. But the, the there's also the, you know, it serves as insurance too for your left tackle who you don't know if he's going to work out. Um, I heard Lance Zerline on the athletic podcast with Dan Brugler, which is a, a great listen uh, in terms of their draft shows. They're both smart guys. He he increasingly believes, he said, first of all, he said cross off Thibs, uh, Thibodeau for the Texans at three and said he increasingly believes that the Texans will part ways uh, with Laramie Tunsil, that there's an out in the contract. And so or, or he, he seemed to indicate that he thinks uh, that, that that is a, a possibility. So I think that that under for Evan Neal has several outs to it that I like at plus money. And I, I would just be really surprised if both of those guys are available at five mm-hmm. or even four for Icky and five for, five for uh, Neal. I mean, cause the Giants too, by the way, at five, they have Andrew Thomas. On the left side, Neil could make sense for them as well. Yeah, they uh, like Andrew Thomas on the left. Charles Cross wouldn't make sense at five if Icky and Neil go because he's strictly a left tackle. So, I can't remember. Someone in the media likes Cross better. I can't remember who it is. Um, Daniel Jeremiah likes him as number three, which most folks do, but so, there's there's a couple people that like him a lot. So I like him. Yeah, I think a lot of people like Charles Cross. I'm just saying that he played – I don't believe he played right tackle – it's his over under, by the way, uh, seven and a half over God, minus one forty five. I love that under all day. I long. love that under as well. I don't think that I don't think the Panthers are taking a quarterback at six. Trade down, maybe something happens. Baker Mayfield's now been in the discussion as possible, um, possibly going to Carolina. I don't know if I told you or someone else, but I was talking to a team last week or the week before. They would rather have Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield over Kenny Pickett at six. You, you, somebody told you that. Someone in the league told me that. Yeah, not I, someone on the Panther staff. <laughs> Right. Um, I think the Panthers, the Panthers are such a, a, a problem because there are a lot of people in the league who do think that they're going to take a quarterback at six and that they might, they may, may very well do it. I think that they have to look at this team and say, all right, we can take Baker Mayfield on. And it's like some amalgamation of Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald and PJ Walker can cobble together 17 starts for us. With a Baker Mayfield's not bad. I think it was breached last week. We were talking to the mailbag about this. You're wearing Baker's, a Baker Mayfield t shirt. Yeah. Baker, I mean, Baker's not bad. He's just, he says crazy things out loud, which a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, the Panthers, if they get a left tackle at six, all of a sudden, I'm not, you're not going to talk yourself into them winning the division or anything, but like Baker plus a left tackle plus a healthy Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. And that division, I, I could talk myself into the Panthers being a 
I mean, shoot, they were a fringe playoff team for like three quarters of the year last year. They finished with five wins. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think people of these three me, offensive tackles, I love the under Charles Cross the best. Yeah, because you have a lot of outs there. It's minus 145 versus minus 140 versus I don't know what the icky one is. The number on that uh, minus 140 for icky. Oh, icky was minus 130, I believe. OK, so, see, I you mean, pay a little more. I just don't think I don't know, man. I don't think these tackles are going to fall like that far. Maybe it ends up going one, two, and three edge rushers. No, actually, I don't think it does. I, I think the Texans are in the market for an offense lineman. Right. Now, Lovey's a defensive guy, but Nick Casario appears to have a plan. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Jack Easterby has been sort of behind, hidden hiding behind the curtain the last couple of months, so I don't know what he's up to. I don't think he has. I would imagine he doesn't have that much say in personnel with Nick Casario running. I'm just going to be guessing. But Casario seems like he he sort of knows what he's doing. Yeah. The 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 um the wrench in the plan. So if I think I would like Neil Neil under I think it's cross under first. If you that's you have to believe the Panthers are taking a a, a tackle, and then the Neil under and then the Icky under would be my third choice. Just because I would probably go more Icky over if if we believe that the Texans are like we need to figure out who who do the Texans like like what does the Texans draft board look like from a standpoint of the offensive tackles. What do you think the Panthers are doing at six? I mean, I, I mean, I'd love to get, I'd love to see a Baker Mayfield trade in the next, you know, 10 days. <laughs> so we, then we know if Baker's yeah, not traded, I, you can't know. I was telling breach. It's like when um, you're in high school and you, you think that you should be going to the prom with the, like the, the head cheerleader and reality is your band nerd. Right. That's the Panthers and both. That's both the Panthers and Baker. They both realize they're middle of the pack in terms of the right. clicks. Let's be realistic. He ain't going to the prom with the football guy. Yeah, it's time to it's time to like look, take a look at go find a mirror. Yes, and figure and then, it out. Okay, like, and then ask the prom date accordingly to to what you see in that mirror. Yeah, and, and let's not forget that you know Baker went on that podcast. Uh, whatever. I, I, apologies for not knowing that. It's like if you know, you know, or something like that. Does it New York Post podcast? You oh, never know with Mike Stud. Who is that guy? Like he's he used to pitch for Duke baseball. He's like best uh, friends with Johnny Manziel. He's a rapper musician now. Okay, okay. Definitely Sorry. not in your Neil Francis wheelhouse. Ooh, boy, that's an early dunk. Uh, which one's a dunk button? Oh, there we go. Neil I Francis. I, I lost my um. Oh, there they are. I gotta flip it over. I had I have labels on them and I lost it in the transition. But the um lost labels. Yeah, I, I just think that the the I think the Panthers. You you can't cover up a nineteen million dollar mistake by drafting Kenny Pickett at six. Like that's not how you turn your franchise around. Go get a left tackle. Yep. The, these left tackles are good. Yep. Um, so I, I think the Panthers ultimately I'd like to tell you that they side on common sense, but I mean who the hell knows if they actually So it sounds like you don't think they'll draft a quarterback. I think if Baker gets taken, they they won't do it. I, I would I would point out too that um is it uh oldest? Need to look at um. Is it possible that the Lions could even consider an offensive lineman? I guess, but I mean, they have Panay Sewell. They have who else? Have Decker still there? Decker's their left tackle, and Sewell is their right tackle. But like they're not can, taking, and they have pick thirty-two and pick thirty-four, whatever it is. What is what's their next pick? Thirty-four, yeah. All right. So Aiden Hutchinson over under. One and a half. Speaking of the Lions, oh God, this this I would stay away from it, quite honestly, because 
I like the under, but again, common sense should tell you that the the Jaguars are better off taking an offensive tackle there. So I I'm taking the over here if I'm betting anything. Yeah, I actually like the over. Um, the the well, who's going first? Trayvon Walker. All right. So if you if you sort of follow if you if you know how to read the tea leaves, like I'm in this I'm in this draft chat with a bunch of dudes, and I said um on like Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening at some point yesterday, some point Sunday, and I was like, look, I think there's a very good chance that when you know Peter King's column comes out for Monday morning, the the, the FMIA football morning in America, whatever it is, that it, there's a big chunk of it dedicated to either Peter King saying he's hearing this or, you know, people in the league, you know, being anonymously quoted about the Jaguars and Trayvon Walker. And sure enough, there's a big chunk of it. And I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but like, I think, and I'm not saying like it was coming from other executives too. It, it just, it was like, everybody believes that Trent Balky wants the high upside hyper athletic guy. Now, if Doug Peterson has the control of the draft, that could all change. Or if Shad Khan steps in and says, I don't know, I think we need to go the safe route. Because you know we haven't done anything right really for the last fifteen or twenty years, um, then it's possible that it's Aiden Hutchinson or a lineman. But that Aiden Hutchinson over at one and a half at plus one thirty, you have outs with Icky, with Evan Neal, and with Trayvon Walker, who I think will end up being the number one overall pick. Okay, I think Lance Erline has talked about this as well. He's hearing the same thing from so many people that he thinks it might be smoke screens. And the the thing that he's heard and that I he's heard, heard that I heard that that's so great. It's like okay, this is concrete information that I'm hearing that's like verifiable. And it's like wait, now I've heard it so many times that I'm worried that it's like a, a double reverse smoke screen. Exactly. And the the caveat or the sort of qualifier was that um, Alden Smith is the comp that Trent Balky fell in love with in San Francisco. He drafted him in the first round, and he he had like. Double-digit sacks his first year as a part-time player. You took, again, over, you took him over Cam Jordan and J.J. Watt. But it wasn't first overall, and that's – Yep. I'm not buying the Trevon Walker thing. Maybe it happens. I, I'm not buying it. I, I think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, um, like 70%, and then the other 20, 28% is offensive lineman, the other 2%. I'll, I'll give to Trevon Walker. Wow. You are out on Trevon Walker first overall. I, it just doesn't – as first overall, like – I get the traits conversation, but the production wasn't there consistently. I think he's going to be a great player. Like, I, if you told me he went twelve, I absolutely go crazy because so I think after ten, even nine, I don't care if the um, Falcons took him at eight or the Seahawks took him at nine, absolutely. But first overall on an organization that's had the first overall pick the last two years, I don't know. I feel like you want a slam dunk. Aiden Hutchinson is a slam dunk, or you want to fix? I mean, Aiden Hutchinson does have like one year of great production. You could say two years of good production. Okay, now do Trevon Walker. I mean, yeah, Trevon Walker has like nine career sacks or something like that. And I get it. He was played out of position. I get all that stuff. But you're talking about first overall. Nine and a half career sacks in three years at Georgia. Yeah. And I I think I saw a stat from PFF, too, where um, it was like 46% of Trevon Walker's pressures and or sacks, or just pressures, I think it was, were like cleanup pressures or like freebies. You know, he didn't, he didn't, yeah, you're playing on a Georgia defense, right? Like you're, you know, Jordan Davis is soaking up six, ta- you know, six blockers, and you're just coming in free, you know, free. Yeah, charge. I like Trevon Walker. I just the first overall is mighty rich. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I, I mean, I just think that's, and I, I do agree. Like, I, I know it sounds stupid. I don't know. Have you heard about the? Do you know about the Uno reverse meme or whatever? You know about an Uno, you know about the Uno reverse card, right? 
Of course, I, I know old school. Yeah. Uno and I know new. Uno. Well, Uno it's, it's like it's apparently cool now because my son is always saying you he's like like he's like I Uno reversed you. It's, it's basically just in real life. Yes, turn the um, tables on you. Exactly, and um, so it does. It's like there's a little bit of that Uno reverse factor to that uh, to the steam. Like you know, everybody is now repeating the Alden Smith, Trent Balky thing as it relates to to Trayvon Walker. So maybe and by the way, even back in 2006. When um your guy from NC State went first overall, what was his name again? Mario yeah. Wins. Yeah, Mario wins whatever Reggie Bush. Did that work out? Uh, yeah, I think so. As first overall pick. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, he wasn't a bust. He wasn't a bust, but my point is, if he went tenth, he'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. First overall over Reggie Bush, like, oh, okay. I mean, was, Re- was Reggie Bush that great? No, but the, uh, you know, the coming out of college, he was lights out, and he certainly should have been a lot better. My point is that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of comps in terms of Shavon Walker coming out of nowhere to be the first overall pick. And then you're like, wait a second. Um, I, I don't know. I think um, it was, I mean, Mario finished with uh, how many career sacks do you have with the Texans? Yeah. 53 sacks in six years. He had 43 sacks in four years with Buffalo. Yeah. So, I mean, he's 10 sack a year guy. That's good, but. I mean, the, I mean, the top 10 were Mario, Reggie Bush, Vince Young, DeBrickshaw Ferguson, A.J. Hawk, Vernon Davis. Somehow Vernon Davis is still active. Michael Huff, Dante Whitner, Ernie Sims, Matt Leinart. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, 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 I think you could argue that he had the most he had a fine career. career. He, he wasn't have a first overall pick career. Um, yeah, but no one in that draft did. Like, if you're redrafting, you're taking Mario's career over Reggie Bush's career. Yeah, for sure. I'm just didn't, looking at the... Didn't need that, Debo. Sorry. I mean, you know I'm Team Wilson. I'm never Team Brinson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like Debo. he's act like he's like looking for a reason to get after you. Well, Debo is not happy about the, the chicken parm. I think the number one pick in that draft is a is a Penn State or Tom Ali. Oh. Uh, or Haloti Nada. Yeah. First overall for a defensive tackle. I mean, that's I guess that, that's where that draft class was. I mean, I don't know why the damn page isn't loading. Uh, my internet's not going down. <laughs> didn't pay your internet bill. No, there's a I don't, you don't want to get into it. Anyway, um <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a uh, whole thing. The Travon Walker uh prop that we got up on the screen over three and a half is plus one ninety, under three and a half is minus two forty. I just don't think you can do anything with that. If they move um, the number if they move the number to two yeah, and a half. That's, that's a tough one. I don't know. Like I have I, no sense. not laying minus two forty for a guy who's almost certainly going in the top two picks. I don't know if he is. Where'd he go in the the Prisco Traps Wilson draft? Let's see. So the over under is three and a half. Where, where are you taking over under on the Wilson trap? I would guess over for you guys, but over he went tenth. Wow. When was this? This is tomorrow on Tuesday. You'll get to see it live. I'm giving you a sneak oh. peek. All right. Well, I'll make sure what time does that air on CBS Sports HQ? Four PM HQ Eastern time. Well, go check that out. Four PM Eastern CBS Sports HQ. Free to watch, of course. I will feature Ryan Wilson, Pete Briscoe, and Chris Trapasso, all friends of the program, making draft picks. Um I don't actually think you could make the case that the number one overall pick would, if you redid the 2006 draft, would be Jay Cutler. Yeah, maybe he went 10th, I think. 11th. 11th, right after. Um, Just because, you know, he was, he looked, I mean, he looked like he was going to be a great quarterback. And then Mike Shanahan got fired. Josh McDaniels came in. They traded him to Chicago. Chicago's never had any offense whatsoever. Yada, yada, yada. I would probably take Cutler first. All right. He made a Pro Bowl, too, by the way. Yeah, that's like was. 
Well, didn't didn't translate. He was on Debo's dream team, though. Who's part of that group? Oh God, remember the dream team? Namdi Asamoah, Debo. Yes, I, I vividly remember. God, that was a great time to be alive. <laughs> Steve's the wrong Steve Smith, Ronnie Brown. <laughs> the wrong Steve Smith. Ronnie Brown, yeah. Vince Young, like backup quarterbacks. I mean, we are the dream team up in here. It's like a oh, DR, DRC. Yeah, that's right. Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Nice. Was was Roger? No, Antonio Cromartie was the 2006 draft, too. Um, yeah, he was good. Oh, my God. Do you know who would be one of the top picks in the 2006 draft, actually? Whitworth. Oh gosh, just retired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, you could argue he should have been the first overall the pick. I might take him over Jay Cutler first overall. Yeah, Elvis Dumerville. I mean, Nick Mangold, really Rex good Peter. lineman. Nick Mangold. That was the year that the yeah. Jets double up. DeBrickshaw and Nick Mangold. Sam Sam Coke was in that uh, draft. The best chance at the okay. Hall of Fame might be Devin Hester, though. That's draft. Hmm. I think. I, th- I mean, I know you guys think I want to put everybody in, but I think Whitworth's got a good chance of getting in. I don't think anyone pushes back on that. Oh, Whitworth? Did I push back on that? I don't. Probably. Probably, but I don't know if I. I'll reconsider. Uh, by the way, Dominic wants to know: Does Pete get a booster seat when he's on HQ? Yes, he does. <laughs> and on airplanes, buses, cars. I don't need a booster seat. You. <laughs> Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon pass rusher who's had his Gosh. name slandered throughout the draft process. This is another good, good number. It's care. It's like character concerns, but it's basically like not. It's not really character concerns, right? It's, it's not even character concerns. It's, it's does he love football or is he all about his brand? And which, quite frankly, I don't really know that much about his brand, so I sort of wonder if, <laughs> right. like, it, like, if he's that into his brand, is it a? Are we concerned that he's not very good at his? He's brand? He's not doing it the right way, right? His, but his over under five and a half, uh, under means he, meaning he's picked in the first five picks is minus one forty, over is plus one ten. So, we can, I think we can rule out the Jaguars for Thibodeau, right? First overall, yeah, he's not going there. Zerline doesn't think he's going three, so that leaves Detroit and the Jets. Um, I don't know if he's a Dan and the, Campbell. And the Giants. Oh, five and a half. Yep. And the Giants. I don't know if he's a Dan Campbell guy or not. I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm at the point now where I just am concerned about Thibodeau's on-field production, and he's really good. I had him going fourth in the seven-round mock draft to the Jets. I feel like Robert Sala would love to have someone like Kayvon Thibodeau, just based on optics. By that, I mean, I don't know Robert Sala, but he seems like he's he gets the most out of guys, and he likes guys like Kayvon Thibodeau in terms of their motor and get after it and all that other stuff we talk about. So I, I think, I mean, I think the question with the, like, I, I think you can, so I don't think he goes to the Lions because I think the Lions will take Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker before they take Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, I think so. And, and we could be wrong about that, but just for the purposes of, of sort of breaking this down, let's assume that. Um, so then you have, he's not going to Houston. You have four and five where he could land. The question becomes for the Jets and the Giants in those spots are, if like you, the Jets are going to have the option of more than likely one of the offensive linemen, right? We think they'll have either Icky or Evan Neal will be there. Yeah, good lord. Well, yeah. So, um, the, but yeah. my question is, if you're the Jets, do you take Thibodeau at four, or do you take one of the linemen at four and hope that like a Jermaine Johnson or another pass rusher is there at ten? Because there's not likely going to be an offensive lineman at ten with the the Panthers, um, the Seahawks. The Falcons could take one. Obviously, the Giants have two picks and are likely to take an offensive lineman if one of the good ones are there. 
Yeah, you'd be reaching for an offensive lineman at 10 because those three guys should be gone. That's right. Now, and you could end up, you know, you could take Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley at 10 too. So I don't know if Sauce will be there. Right, exactly. I think there's a good chance that he goes as well. But I mean, so I mean, I the, the, the question is, do the Jets or Giants like Thibodeau enough to pass on an offensive lineman at four and five respectively? I think that's, and that's why it's tough. I would lean towards the under here, even at minus 140, I think, though. Yeah, it, it, it is tough. So I had the Jets taking Thibodeau and passing on Evan Neal, but then you're assuming that maybe Makai Becton is going to be in the long-term plans. We don't know the answer to that. We saw the beating Zach Wilson took last year. So, again, just like the Trevor Lawrence conversation, I would take an offensive lineman. I think about it. I don't. Again, I don't like this. I don't like a lot of these numbers. They're 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 pretty good numbers in terms of Vegas's perspective. I don't know what to make of them. It's 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 tough, man. Like th- this is this is a the hard. This is much 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 harder to project where guys are going than last year. And I think it's because you don't have quarterbacks. So, so far, I love Charles Cross under. I like Evan Neal under. And that's it. That's it. Like the other ones, ew, I'm staying away from. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll look at some more preps for the 2022 NFL Draft. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's go to... We covered all the trenches. Let's look at the secondary and some wide receivers. Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner. Name him Sauce. Just go by Sauce, baby. Over under 7.5, under minus 150. Over plus one twenty. So we're sort Wilson. We're kind of getting to the point where, like, there's a lot of guys who this is like there's more than seven guys who are sort of fitting with these top seven right. picks, right? I mean, so we have Icky, Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Evan Neal, Charles Charles Cross, and Sauce Gardner. I believe that is seven. That's seven guys. Are all is that the top seven in the draft? 
what are the Panthers going to do? Yeah. So that's a quarterback situation there. Could a wide receiver sneak into the top seven? I don't think so. But, I mean, it, it could be a situation where the Packers or the Chiefs trade up for one of these wide receivers. And they may feel maybe they have to come up this high to to leapfrog the Falcons, who very easily could be in the wide receiver conversation because they have their best wide receiver is tight end Kyle Pitts right now. So that's the other consideration. Sauce Gardner, seven and a half. I am lukewarm to the under, but I don't love it just because you're, you're squeezed. The, like the, the bodies are getting close on the, on the musical chair situation. If, if two, I mean, if a quarterback sneaks in there, it's, it's really tough. It's a wrap. Or it's, I mean, it's, it's like I, maybe, maybe the guy who gets uh, pushed out is Charles Cross. If a quarterback goes in there. Because that would that's be no, that's probably only if the Panthers trade are the one the teams the trades down to allows the team to get a quarterback. Well, no, I'm thinking if the Panthers take if the Panthers take Kenny Pickett at six instead of an offensive lineman, Cross is probably the guy who gets squeezed out. Because you have the Jets who the Jets, Giants, and Texans all have a left tackle in place in theory. Cross went top five in our three man mock draft. I'm releasing all the spoilers wow. here. Um. I would lean towards the under on Sauce Gardner, but this was eight and a half or even like 10 oh. and a half a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying away from this one. I'm still stuck on on Charles Cross loving and Evan Neal liking. Unders on both. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So, boy, it's, it, I, think, I think I would take the under here if I had to bet something, but this has gotten a little snug for me. Derek <laughs> Stingley, the other uh, top cornerback, his over-under was like... <laughs> 15 and a, 14 and a half maybe because the Vikings were a perceived landing spot it is now under 10 and a half, meaning he's taken to the top 10 picks minus 150 over plus 120. The, the way I see, I was texting with Prisco about this and I said, or Pete and I guess it was me and Costas and Prisco were texting about, it. I don't know where Jamie is. I said four edge rushers, three offensive linemen, two cornerbacks and one wide receiver. I think that's your top 10. And Pete said it should be, he said Johnson's a little overrated. Two quarterbacks could go. People around the league think that there will be two quarterbacks in the top ten. So again, that's sort of the wrench here in the in the discussion. Like, do he keeps saying that? I know some people that don't think any quarterbacks going in the top ten. Right. I mean, it, it boils down to do the Panthers panic and take Kenny Pickett at six. I don't think they do. And do the um, Seahawks or Falcons reach for Malik Willis? That's one quarterback. I mean, ugh, I don't. Two could go for sure, but it's that would be that would not be great. It, and actually, we looked back at the 2013 draft, and there was only re really one quarterback in the mix until you you guys got talked into Ryan Nassib in the last two weeks of the season. Unbelievable. But prior to that, it was Geno Smith. There was no EJ Manuel talk. St I mean, Stingley. The problem is like Stingley at ten and a half minus one fifty. It's just. Like you're just getting the absolute worst of the number if you bet yep. Stingley now. Yep. Because he's been making a lot of appearances at eleven with Washington, which is where I had him going in at twelve with Minnesota. So is he gonna go before that? And by the way, his pro day feels a lot like to me what happened with Jamar Chase. Yeah. Jamar Chase didn't play in 2020, he opted out and then came to his pro day, ran in the four threes, and everyone's like, Oh, this guy's still good. I think that's the same thing with Stingley. So, I've yeah. got I got some Stingley under twelve and a half. Um, a few weeks ago, the Vikings are at twelve. It, I mean, it just feels like 
it, it would be kind of a surprise if Stingley made it past the Vikings at 12, given that would be, I think that would be surprising. Yeah. And also don't forget last year, JC Horn leapfrog Patrick Sertan. They both went eight, nine, nine, 10. They went back to back early, earlier than I think we had. It was eight, eight, eight nine. Yeah. Horn, Horn they, went eight and I think that's right. Yep. Horn because then the Cowboys traded out of 10 with the Eagles who took Devontae Smith ahead of the Giants who had traded back. And the Cowboys still got Micah Parsons. And then the Cowboys got Micah Parsons, right? I, I think I heard Daniel Jeremiah say there was like nine non-quarterbacks who would go from last year's class who would go first overall in this class. Mm. Um, and I, you know, and it, maybe he, and maybe I could be, I'm sort of paraphrasing there. I listened to the, the move the six pod, but you know, you look at the list, like it, is JC Horn the first overall pick in this class? Eh, maybe not. No, I don't think so. But he's, he's definitely top five. Yes. Stingley, you know, under 10 and a half, Minus one fifty. It's just too, like, that's a bad number. Exactly. I, I just don't think you can bet that now. I would. I don't know that I would lean towards the. I, would, I don't know that I would even bet the over though. I know it's plus money, but you need to dodge. Like, if Sauce goes in the top seven, do one of the Falcons, Seahawks, or Jets take Stingley? Seahawks need cornerbacks. I mean, they need yeah. everything. And Stingley's, uh, I mean, has massive upside. The, for, so I mean, I, I think again, like it comes down to like what are the, what do the Jets do at four, and what do the Panthers do at six? Because if the Jets go, let's say the Jets go Sauce Gardner, at four, then Stingley's going top ten more than likely. Feels like it. I mean, there's just so many. But excuse me. If the Jets go Thibodeau at four, then I think they probably come back at ten and take Stingley. Where's Sauce? Well, I think Sauce goes to the in between. In between there, yeah, the Giants, oh, yeah. Or the Falcons, or the Seahawks. So Thibodeau four, and then circle back at ten. I think wide receivers also in the conversation. For so, sure. so I mean, oof, if there's a Garrett Wilson there, there's a Drake London there, you might think about that. So I, I don't know. Like this number is terrible. I'd like the over because it's plus money. I, I just I think it's a stay away at this point. Yeah. All right, let's look at Andrew Booth over under twenty six and a half. We finally got some some non. Uh, some non, you know, like something outside who's going to be the first overall pick and like over under yeah. for the big guys. So like I'll Andrew, tell you, I love Andrew Booth. Like I like him a lot. Yeah, he's over under, by the way, for podcast listeners, 26 and a half, uh, minus 115 on both sides. I think he's a top 20 player. I usually have him going around the Patriots, sometimes dropping a little bit to the Bills, but I think the over is in play only because he's had some injuries he's had to deal with and that may push him down a little bit. That's the only reason. So just an injury history, nothing long term. But teams may move them down a little bit and be focused on others. So I like the over of twenty six and a half. Um, although that I wish it, I wish that number you have him to, going twenty first to the Patriots. Yeah, I don't, I'm not concerned about the injury stuff. Like I, but I know teams are concerned about the injury stuff. Okay. I wish it, this was more like a twenty two and a half or twenty one and a half, but twenty six and a half. I'll, I'll still lean over because he could fall out of the first round. Yeah, that's possible. Um, is there? Is he the? Is he the number three corner? Trent McDuffie is oh, yeah. he's my number three. Some people like him number two ahead of Stingley. Um, wow. Fair enough. But um yeah, Booth is usually around four or five for people. I like him four. Okay. Trent McDuffie uh over under 17 and a half, the under minus 130, the over plus uh, even money. And the team at 17 is the Chargers ahead of them, the Saints, Eagles, Ravens, Texans, Vikings, Commanders, Commandos. So I sort of like the under here. Yeah, those teams feel like they could certainly draft a cornerback. I mean, look, the Sauce Gardner 
Sauce, Stingley, and McDuffie over unders are probably correlated. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like if if Sauce goes over seven and a half, Stingley's going probably going over ten and a half. And if that happens, then McDuffie's probably going over seventeen and a half. Um, well, the only thing is there might be a run on corners if people sure. start to get nervous. So then you got to figure like, I out. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to bet Stingley over ten and a half, McDuffie under seventeen and a half. So under t- over ten and a half will get you the Vikings at twelve, and then and then at thirteen the Texans could take. McDuffie. Sure, that's true. That's fair. So let's see who else we have. We have Houston. Uh, I don't think the Ravens. I think the Ravens would rather have offensive line or edge help. The Eagles could certainly be a consideration at fifteen. Um, and again yeah, at maybe eight. You're right, maybe you're right. Oh, eighteen to get them over. So and then. Then the Saints is 16. The Saints, aren't, they, I got to think of corner, that'd be hysterical. And then the Chargers probably would rather have defensive or, or offensive line up. So you have a couple options there. It, it'll be, you'll be sweating. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Oh, Dominic actually uh, floated an interesting theory. What if the, what if the Jets went cornerback, cornerback? Sting, sauce and Stingley at 40. Hey, 2006, we were talking about it. They went offensive line, offensive line. The Brickashaw and Mangle. Maybe, maybe so. Um, I think they'll go pass rusher there. But uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the Big Duffy Knight is correlated. Garrett Wilson. Speaking of another top 10, uh, the Ohio State wide receiver, one of two Ohio State wide receivers who we expect to go in the first round, along with Chris Olave. The over-under for Wilson, under 10.5, minus 135, over 10.5, plus 105 at Caesars. What do you think on that? I don't know that I would take that under. Now, I do think – all right, so we said there's going to be one wide – what's right, over-under number of wide receivers that are taken in the top 10 picks – Oh my god, one and a half. But if it's but if that's one and a half, I mean, like, I mean, like somebody's getting pushed out. Like you can't. There's always no. That's that's right. Here's the qualifier, though. The Chiefs and and Packers have two first round picks. They're going to come inside. They're going to come to at least ten. I don't think you're going to get unless they unless they love uh, a Drake London if he falls because Gary Wilson goes first or whatever. But let's assume that they're going to have to get to the 10 11 range, which is right on this number. Those are two other teams you have to consider as possibilities. Yeah. In addition to the Texans aren't doing it at three. The Jets did it at four. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. I don't think the Giants are doing it at five. Maybe they do it at seven, not the Panthers, but certainly the, the Falcons. And then the Seahawks, yeah. if, if they can't figure things out with DK or whatever, because uh, that's also sort of a, a wild card. I, I, I think, think I think wide receiver is live at four. Uh, probably not. I don't think the Giants get wide receiver, but four, eight, nine, and ten. Yep. So you have four chances. More likely, the the later you get in those picks you just mentioned. Um, bring up Debo, if you will. Uh, do we have Jamison Williams over under eleven and a half over minus one eighty under Ooh. plus one fifty? I am all over that under. I think Jamison Williams is the guy. And here's the other thing: like you were talking about the Packers and the and the um. Chiefs trading up. If the Falcons and the Jets want wide receivers, they're not moving. So nine and seven are their best bets to get up there to those spots. Seattle and at seven is the, the Giants. So that, again, that's inside 11 and a half and 10 and a half to get to that spot, assuming those teams want to move up. Maybe they don't, but – and the Saints. The Saints need a wide receiver. And who knows what the hell they'll do because, again, they traded back into the first round a few years ago for Marcus Davenport. They'll do anything. The other thing about Jamison Williams, you look at the Falcons. So Jamison Williams coming off an ACL. Yeah, fine. Let me ask you this. Who is more likely to play 
like at a hundred percent in twenty twenty three, Jamison Williams or Calvin Ridley. Like I think you feel better about Jamison Williams coming back from an ACL than you do about Calvin Ridley coming back from a gambling suspension. Well, his suspension's a year long, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, like you know, who, I mean, who knows? Like, got well, a football for a year. You know, already out of football for six months. My, my whole point is just that I I I think I, I don't think teams are worried about this ACL at all. I, I said also like ankle sprains these days. I said in January if he got hurt, three teams told me he's still a first round pick. He'll fall a little bit, but I think he goes top ten. I like the under here too. Like I, I'm fine with that. And you, so you're getting plus money, one and a half plus one plus one fifty, and you bring Washington into play. Who could? Oh right, yeah. You bring so I mean like you have the Jets at four. I don't think they take Jameson Williams at four with the top, with the tenth pick. That would be awesome, but yeah, I think you're right. Um, the Falcons at eight, I think is very viable. Seahawks at nine, it, like you say, the DK thing, maybe they're like, all right, let's draft Jameson Williams and trade DK for two first or a first or first and two seconds, whatever the jets at 10 are live and the Washington commanders at 11 are live. I think he goes in one of those spots or some team trades up to get Williams. So I, I like the Williams under probably lean towards the over on Garrett Wilson. Although certainly, you know, mm. just cause it's plus money. Okay. Ooh. I don't Chris know, Lave, over under 17 and a half, minus 115. I like the over there. Um, he's just not as explosive to me as Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams. He's a good route runner. He didn't play as fast as his teammate Garrett Wilson. I haven't talked to any teams about him specifically, so I don't know where teams are at on him. But me, to channel BMAC, me personally, <laughs> I, I, I like the over 17 and a half. Uh, I'm not going to challenge you on that one. I don't think I could be wrong. Like I, this is just my gut. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure where, where folks are in the league on, on him. Well, I, I, the wide receiver thing is like, by the way, the over under for wide receivers. I'm so mad about this. Um, do we have the, sorry, do I know this isn't helpful for you, but do we have the over under for number of wide receivers? Five and a half is what I'm going to guess. I had it loaded up on a, on my, on a ticket on my book at over five and a half minus 222. And I don't, I know that's a ton of juice. I didn't want to lay it. It was minus 275 or worse everywhere else. Uh-huh. And I went and did that radio hit with Adam Gold. And I came back and those MFers had moved it to minus 286. We still don't want touch that? Uh, 286 is pretty expensive. But you I like think, the, I think, you I like think, the over or the under? The over. Oh, over. Who are the six? So uh, we got um, Jameson Williams. Look at that. Over minus 320 at Caesars. So Jameson, Garrett, Jameson Garrett, I feel like are absolute stone cold locks to yeah. go in the first round. I think Alave is a lock to go in the first round. Okay. I think that um oh boy. Drake Drake London. Drake London. That's four. And um uh Traylon uh, Burks out of Arkansas. Think, yes, keep name. I think I think those five are, are stone cold locks. Now, all right, round. what's the next one? Because that's where things get ebly. So get tight butt on that one. Yeah, but I, what I'm thinking here is what at what point are those five guys off the board? Because I think they're gone by twenty two. I think the other math that could be in your favor is that the, if the Packers and Chiefs stay put-ish and you feel like a second-round wide receiver fits what you want to do in the first round, if you're the Chiefs because you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that could get you that six number as well. You got Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, Sky Moore. <sighs> I mean. Michi's probably not going first round. Jalen no, Tolbert I like a lot. but he, No, he's not. Jalen Tolbert. Uh, some teams got him as a third-rounder, which feels closer to the truth. George Maybe. Pickens, Christian uh, Watson. Christian, here's the thing with George Pickens. He's a first round talent. I've heard there's some some off field stuff that I don't know the specifics of, but that, that I mean, just in terms of perhaps scaring teams off of the first round, but he feels like a second rounder. I've had him going like 33rd or 34th or whatever. 
in these multi-round mock drafts. That's the thing. The sixth one is what concerns me. I like Jahan Dotson. I don't like him in the first round. But teams may feel differently. But I mean, just look at these teams. Here's the twenty. I almost like the under. I mean, now you're now you're getting rich. Plus two, two and a half to one. Yeah, I just think it's going over. That'll be that'll be it. that. that like that's the Saints have all right. So starting with pick fifteen, where I where I believe by pick fifteen, two wide receivers will be taken. Right. You look, man. You've been talking for twenty minutes about how a lot of guys can get pushed down. We can't put everyone in the first round. No, that's that's fair. Um, all right, fine. Let's start with um, by pick fifteen. So pick fifteen. Let's say the the, Fal- the Falcons do it at eight, and the Jets do it at ten. Okay, yep. two are gone there. That's yep. it. By, that's inside the top ten. Yes, and I think you could argue that Washington might pull the trigger on a third and eleven. But for okay, just for the I don't have any trouble with the five. Even if they all go before twenty two, my I want to know who the sixth one is. I, I, I'm just saying, if you get to the Eagles have the the Saints starting at pick fifteen, the Eagles have two picks. And mm-hmm. the Saints have two picks in the next four or five picks. Both teams could use another wide receiver as much as Eagles fans probably don't want the the team, to Howie Roseman, to draft any wide receivers for obvious reasons. I think Debo's all over James Williams if he happened to be there at 15. I don't think he makes it that far. I, I said that a couple of weeks ago when he was like the 20 range, and now I I feel like it's a lost cause unless you move <laughs> up. Yeah, I don't think he makes it to 15. I mean, he might. He might. I mean, that, that feels like the, like the bottom for him maybe at this point. Yeah. But again, you have to understand this is all – this is all the, um, the what's it called? Where you're in the in the bubble and hear the the echo chamber where you, you only hear. We're not talking to like I haven't talked to anyone since he got hurt about what their plans are with him. I just said he was a first right. round pick, so he could be there. But um, anyway, go ahead. I'm just saying you got two two picks each for the Saints and Eagles, both of whom could certainly draft a wide receiver. You have the Patriots who, you know, mm. that's not really their jam, but it they just be- traded for what's his name too from the Dolphins. Devontae Parker. Hey, hey, don't you what's his name him? Your guy, your guy Devontae, Devontae Parker. Parker and Sammy Watkins on the move this week. Uh, the Packers at 22. The Cardinals at 22. Not crazy to take a wide receiver. Where does Sammy go? The Packers. Oh, he did. Yeah, I he's forgot. The, I, sorry, he's number fair. one now. Suddenly, man, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing because I don't know what's going on with the quarterback. But yeah, right. they could take. They they do need wide receivers. That's true for sure. Cowboys probably won't take a wide receiver, but eh. they they drafted C.D. Lamb and nobody thought they needed a wide receiver. Yeah, no one even got mad at that. That was actually the right pick. Bills don't feel like a wide receiver team, but. It would be insane if they had a good grade on somebody. The Titans could certainly. But the problem is when you get down here, they're, you're talking about a team taking the sixth wide receiver on their board as opposed to the second or third, whatever position they they might also need help at. Yeah, like the Lions at 32, I think, are unlikely to go wide receiver, but it I'll sort of so. depends on what the what they think the Jaguars, because they have the pick at 34. Right. Um, You know, if the Jets go two defensive players, I think they're absolutely live to trade up into the first round and grab a wide receiver if somebody falls. Yeah, I don't just only that's only if there are four guys off the board at that point. I don't know who the sixth one is that someone's trading up for. That's and again, I, that's just me. I could be wrong. I mean, the look, the Chiefs are probably going to take a wide receiver, and the Packers are probably going to take a wide receiver. When was the last time the Packers took a wide receiver in the first round? I mean, if the Packers have two first round picks and don't take a wide receiver, it's going to get. <laughs> they didn't take a wide receiver two years ago in the deepest mock draft ever. Not only the first round in any round or as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, it's it's. it's Scene, man. I'm going to look at the mock draft database to see how many media folks, how many they have wide receivers going in the first round on average. Yeah, I, I think I think at this point with a five and a half, you can't lay minus 320. That's just too expensive. Uh, but I'm I'm I th- I'm just convinced there's going to be more than five more than five. So I don't want to p- take the plus 250. But hey, you're the draft expert, and 
junior draft expert. Junior draft expert, and you think plus two fifty is a good price? All right. So, so here, let me tell you, let me tell you quickly the the consensus mock draft on mock draft database for wide receivers. Eight is Garrett Wilson. That's one. Drake London ten. That's two. Jameson Williams nineteen. So that's good news for Debo. That's three. Traylon Burks is four at twenty two to the aforementioned Packers. Christian Watson is five to the Chiefs at 30. Did I miss one? I don't think Olave's in here. Olave. So there, there's six. There's six. So Christian, Christian, Watson, Christian Watson is a consensus first round pick. On the mock on the media mock drafts. Right. But yeah. And that's at that's at 30. So you're getting close. Jahan Dotson is also routinely in that. So that's seven wide receivers and the media folk. Um going back and forth on these mock drafts. Christian Watson, 9% of the, the mock drafts that mock draft database follows. So, you know, I'm saying there's a chance. Just looking at the grades from uh, Lance Zerline at NFL.com, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm not you know, throwing your grades out, I'm, or your, your rankings out. He's he just got a specific no, number. He does. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. 6.5 for, and, and by the way, uh, his scale, does he have a... Is it I'll tell you, like 6.5 six, six is a first or second rounder for, for Lance. Yes. So and that's like, like... A specific scale they use is where it's like 6.5 uh, six, like six, is a, should be a league average starter within two years or something like that. Um, so he only, has, he only has three first round grades. Three-ish. Well, so he has Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks at 6.5, Jameson Williams at 6.48, Chris Olave at 6'4'3, Drake London at 6'4, and then a drop off. You know, those are the five, right? Then he has a drop off to Christian Watson at 6'27, Dotson at 6'25, Sky Moore at 6'24, George Pickens at 6'23, Jalen Tolbert 6'21, and then a drop off again to Michi at 6'18. My point being is that, yes, there is that drop off after five. That's why this line exists at five and a half. But though, if you're a team at the back end of the first round, like the Chiefs, and you're thinking, okay, we need to get a wide receiver. You don't pick again until number fifty, right? I don't believe the Packers. I understand that fifty-three. So six two seven that that Lance has. That's a that's a second slash third round grade. So that's like the bottom of the second, okay. according to his grading. So that's one person, but that's sort of where he's at. So yeah, I, 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 but you know what I'm saying? They're like, I get it, but I feel like five and a half. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, but that's good. That could just be me. Airing on the side of being conservative with the wide receivers. I just don't know who the number six is. I mean, Justin Jefferson was the fifth wide receiver and he turned out to be great. So again, maybe Christian Moore or Christian Watson or Jahan Dotson or Sky, Sky Moore. Moore. I mean, maybe, you know, I, mean, maybe I, I'm just saying, I think I think a team at the back end of the first round, like the Chiefs or Packers, if let's say yeah. the Packers go Jordan Davis with their first at 22. I mean, okay. you're not picking again until what did I say the Packers had? 15. 28. They have 22 and 28. No, I know, but then you're not picking again until oh. 53. So it's like if you're going to take that wide receiver, if you're going to get a wide receiver, and you sort of, you kind of, I mean, you th you feel like you have to, but maybe not. Uh, you, you know, 28th that sort of sweet spot where you you might end up getting a run, getting a run on like you did two or three years ago, and when you end up taking AJ Dillon in the second round because all the wide receivers were gone. <laughs> I thought AJ Dillon didn't awesome. We were all stupid. But that was that deep wide receiver class. There there had to be wide receivers around, and there weren't, and yet there weren't. <laughs> I'm gonna check. Okay, uh, let's yes. run through a couple really quickly. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Kyle Hamilton, over under nine and a half. The over is now minus one sixty. Feel it's almost like 
you know, I noticed he's I noticed he was Lance's top rated prospect. It just feels like he's he's not going top ten. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the media perception. Um, Pete doesn't like him as a top top five pick, and the thing, and Pete's right on this. Like, when was the last time a top five safety panned out? I mean, uh, Sean Taylor, was he even top five? He was top 10 for sure. He, he panned out, well, but yes. Jamal Adams was top five. I think, did he pan out? Uh, Sean Taylor was fifth overall. Jamal, I mean, Jamal Adams panned out for the jets and that they got two first round picks for him. But that's about right. It. So, yeah. And then like the other two hall of fame safeties. In the Eric last Berry? Years. I mean, Eric Berry was, I don't know if you say panned. I mean, he was, he was really good, but he you know, obviously had cancer. I mean, like he was good, but he was like, if you took him 15th, you feel great about it. Earl Thomas. How high did he go? Earl Thomas was the second pick by the Seahawks in the first round. He wasn't even top ten. I don't think. Okay, and then you have to go um, back, go back twenty was, years to to Ed Reed and Palomalu. He was fifteen, Debo. I think he was fourteen because we talked yeah. about this before. Where they took Russell Okung ninth, and then Earl Thomas big, big Eagles target, and they drafted Brandon Graham right before him, and it was a thing for a while until Brandon Graham turned good and helped right. them win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think Earl. Oh, yeah, because then I got Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham drafts mixed. Right, up. Earl Thomas in the middle of the first round makes sense, but um. You have to go back to I mean, Earl Thomas would be a top five pick if you redid it and you'd be fine with that. But like you would need the benefit of hindsight to, to justify that. Yeah, you have to. Right. But I think my point is that Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu are the slam dunks and they both went middle of the first round and, and late first round. It, drafting a safety in the top 10 is with pass rush, offensive line, cornerback and wide receiver talent is. A risky proposition. It's a risk. I like that. Uh, other Roy Williams. The other Roy Williams. He was top. Oh, the safety at Oklahoma State. Where? How, how did he go? Oklahoma, Debo? Oklahoma, I think. Right. Ooh. Not OK State. Oh, I don't know, Debo. You I think he's good at a this. boomer sooner. You could be right. You're right. God dang it. Usually, I'm pretty good at that too. Dang, Debo got me. The yep. other, the other thing that is interesting that uh, PFF has pointed out, I believe. Um, and one would presume that this sort of information and in line of thinking has and PFF works with. I, I think it, he went eighth last, overall. He went Roy Williams went eighth overall. The, the last time I talked to somebody at PFF, I think they said they had, they were working with like thirty or thirty two NFL teams. I would guess it's probably thirty two or thirty two. And I, it'd be funny to like like the, maybe the Bengals are too cheap or like the yeah you know, uh, yeah somebody hates it. Like there's two. Let's say there's, it's funny to think of who the two teams would be, but um, they were noting that. Not only is it positional value-wise expensive to draft a, a, a safety in the top 10, but from a contract perspective, like you are using, the, you are allocating dollars poorly via that contract and the ensuing contract you have to pay the, the, the safety by using, by drafting a safety in the top 10. Yeah, right. Like your fifth-year option is jacked up. Your mm -hmm. franchise tag, um, you know, is the cost of the safety, but like, it's just all like all, the all, the whole the whole from a business perspective, it doesn't work out. Neither does the positional value. So, I would take the over here at nine and a half, but it's pretty expensive. It's pretty expensive. I think I've got a Hamilton at um, over eight and a half minus one forty seven. I took. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, so, I mean, I'd be fine with over nine and a half. You just got to be. And the Falcons could be a landing spot. I mean, that could be the thing. Sure. They, they need everything. Right, they everything and who I mean, like the C. Uh, I guess the Seahawks would get the over there. Um, Devontae Wyatt over under twenty nine and a half minus one fifteen on both sides. Your thoughts? I actually like the under here. Like I like Devontae Wyatt a lot. Again, he comes from that Georgia defense where they played twelve snaps a game because they were just dominating people. Um, I think he makes sense for the Eagles in the middle of the round with one of their picks. Uh, I think he makes sense for the Steelers at twenty. 
29 and a half will get him to Kansas City with their second first rounder. The Bengals and the and, and Detroit. Detroit could take him at 32 for sure, but I, I think there are so many opportunities before that. Buff, uh, excuse me, Dallas could take him at 24. Well, and worth noting that um, he was arrested on three misdemeanor charges of criminal trespass, damage to property, and family violence back in February of 2020. That's oh, okay. what we call a giant red flag. Um, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I had forgotten. Someone mentioned to me that he had some off-field stuff. I didn't know what it was. And um, you just mentioned that maybe that's what it was. I didn't follow up because I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Know, that, yeah, I think it's the... That's a problem. That that I reconsider what I said. Just like I was concerned about the injuries with um, Andrew Booth, the cornerback, going over 26 and a half. That's... Okay, that's an issue. So 29... Ugh, I don't... It's, it's, you know, 115 on both sides of it. Minus 115. Golly. I don't know. I don't know what the interviews were like with him, so I don't know what, where teams are in terms of his, his off-field stuff. All three charges were dismissed a few months later, and the following statement from the prosecution was given to the Athens Banner Herald. After carefully reviewing the evidence and consulting with the alleged victim, we decided to dismiss the case in the interest of justice, the chief uh, solicit- county solicitor said via an email. So that's, um, you know. It's something. Uh, and like I think WalterFootball.com reported that the that some teams had dropped him from the big boards. I don't uh, know if that's true or not. Um, on the field, he's under twenty nine and a half. Off the field, I don't know where teams are at, so I'm I'm staying away. Yeah, I I think it's probably a stay away. Because here's the other thing too: is with with a with a with a situation like that. I mean, whether it's fair or not, like the the attention that you, that a team will get for drafting a player with red flags off the field in the first round is dramatically different from the attention that a team will get for drafting a player with red flags off the field in the second or third round. Right. Um, Boy, my mean, Yeah, I was going to say Larry Tunsil actually fell in real time during the draft day when his, I think it was his dad who tried to... It was step, his, I think it was like his stepfather released the video of him ripping a... Like, taking a... a Bong hit via gas mask. Well, I mean, what if he were in in Colorado and weed was legal? I don't think anyone would care now. Uh, even then, people were like, "I mean, it's just a bong hit." On a, I was thinking, I saw it was like Ian Rappaport noted. He was like, "You know, I didn't expect when I woke up that morning to be saying bong hit and gas mask uh, on uh, on on live live television." But here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that that sort of thing leaking out during the draft will absolutely cause you to fall. Red flags. I think the uh, domestic violence stuff, if if there are the red flags with that, is you know obviously even like you say. Like I don't think if, if somebody was like smoking weed now, they're like, well, I mean, yeah, he's a college kid. Like, yeah, right. Sh- shock me, shock me, shock me. Um, Boy Mafe over under thirty one and a half. The under is minus one thirty. So this is interesting because Boye is twenty three and a half, so he's older. And and that's a concern on some level. He's a really good football player. He's an explosive, yada yada yada, all that other stuff. He plays in the edge. He plays mostly uh, in a two point stance. So he may have to move inside a little bit more, depending on what the team is to draft him. But thirty one, I mean, that's at the bottom of the first round. So thirty makes sense to the Chiefs. Um, twenty eight to the Packers makes some sense. Tampa Bay twenty seven makes some sense. I just don't know because of the age. It's going to be close. And some teams view him as a second-round pick. So I would probably take the over here. It's plus money. 
but I've had him regularly going to the to the the Cardinals at twenty three because they need Ezra's help as well. Um, do you do you think that the nature of this draft class makes it so like you could you could go one of two ways? You could say that you should take unders on these guys as long as the numbers you know big enough, right? Where it's like thirty one and a half. Like you're basically is he going to be a first round pick or not? Um, because it's nobody really knows how things are going to shake out. You could also make the case that because nobody knows how things are going to shake out, take the over because there's going to be three or four, and in this case, maybe five or six wild cards that happen in yeah. this first round. I like the, the second part. Yeah, especially at plus money. And here's the thing. Again, if the Packers or Chiefs trade up, those are two names that you can X off as possible landing spots for an edge rusher because they're going presumably to get a wide receiver. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, one more. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. What's his number? Ten and a half. Ten, oh, my goodness. Which part I, are you? I, oh, what am I concerned about? Uh, the over Kenny Pickett is minus 170. The under is plus 140. This is kind of simply a, do you think the Panthers are drafting Kenny Pickett? Well, I, I don't, but I mean, there's Atlanta and Seattle, too. I mean. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Kenny Pickett until the second round. I usually I don't think I don't think Atlanta's I don't think Atlanta's drafting a quarterback like like a floor high floorish, low ceiling quarterback like Kenny Pickett at at eight. I would I would take Matt Corral there all day long. Not all not there. I would take him in the second round. I think in fact I've had in fact I have Atlanta taking Sam Howell in the second round of forty three. I feel much better about that than Kenny Pickett. If I'm the Falcons, I'm grabbing the best player like the Falcons have nothing. Nothing like they got Kyle Pitts, and that Not might good. be it. Marcus Mariota last started a game in 2019. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm just talking about like fu- for future building blocks, they have Kyle Pitts and AJ Terrell on the other side. And that's it. AJ Terrell, that's a good, that's a good call. Sorry, that's my fault. Um, so add some, add a player at eight that can imp that will be a future building block for your Garrett team. Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, Jameson. I mean, you know, one of the like, sure, and then worry about like quarterback at eight would be crazy. And it's weird too. We talked about this. It's like, Oh, the Panthers, they might panic and pull on a quarterback, but the Falcons won't. I, I don't know. I yeah. just think I'm not taking the under on Kenny Pickett. Cause I think your, your, um, your path, there's a path, your path to winning. That is so slim. And again, with the Carolina to Kenny Pickett conversation, cause we know David Tepper likes him, the temple connections and all the other stuff. I talk about this as a breach. Um, Chris Sims tweeted this out. Kenny Pickett's going to show up in Carolina, and Sam Darnold's going to have a better arm and a quicker release. Yeah, and, and then he played professional football, and he's and he was the third overall pick or whatever he was a few yeah. years ago. So, I think you're just going, you're, you're just you know repeating history and expecting the results to be different if you take Kenny Pickett there. I think Baker Mayfield makes more sense. Sam Darnold makes more sense at six if you get Charles Cross or whomever. So Sam Darnold and Icky, Neil, or Charles Cross is a way better setup than Kenny Pickett and your current offensive line. Now, I like Kenny Pickett going to the Saints at 16 or Sure, that's a whole 19. different ballgame, though. Like, So that's over. <laughs> right. But we, we talked about this before. or maybe I think it's maybe even your point. It's like, if you take Daniel Jones at 18... Yeah, that's my point. I love that one. Nobody's freaking out and right. like designating the savior, but you take him at six because you're worried he won't make it to you at 18. And people are getting fired. <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think Kenny Pickett's a second-round pick, and that's not being disrespectful. I mean, Derek Carr is a second-round pick. He's a good football player. By the way, that that over-under 10.5 at minus 170, because originally I think it was 6.5. It's basically like 
do you think the Panthers draft him or not? And yeah, they got right. so crushed on the over that they've swung it wildly for picks. You like you gonna you gonna hit the over? I just I just wouldn't take anything there. I don't yeah. I don't I think here's here's what I would do. I would wait and see if ba- if Baker Mayfield gets traded to the Panthers, you smash that Kenny Pickett over. Now Pete talks about three two quarterbacks on in the top ten in our three person mock draft. He did, he had several opportunities and he did not take one in the top ten. Yeah, he's like everyone around the league says two are going. It's like well, you- oh, this is what I want to do, not what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's Pete. Pete. That's Pete for you. All right, that'll do it. That's our uh, draft prop show mock draft Monday, Tuesday. If you're watching on the YouTube's or if you're listening to the podcast, excuse me, I get all confused. Anywho, uh, for Ryan Wilson. For Wilson, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.